0: Hello and welcome to the latest Cole Mahara Dream podcast. I'm here as every group. Good afternoon. Um, we've got quite a lot to talk about today, I think it's fair <laughs> to say. Um, we're going to be talking, obviously, about the Denmark and Albania games. We're going to be talking about how the Welsh clubs are getting on. We're going to be talking about the uh, FAW Cup. We're going to be talking about uh, the under 17s and under 19s women. We have got a lot to talk about today. Um, we'll start with the Denmark game that was the first game of the two you have a wry smile on your face already which concerns the Otis slight. I mean it goes without saying that the result was disappointing uh, what do you think about the result of the game and obviously the the ultimate consequence of the fact that there was no promotion for us
1: I'm actually less concerned about the promotion as I am about not getting into a playoff place I think going forward actually that would be much more important to us than playing in that League A in the future Uh, when we spoke in the last podcast I sort of advocated for going for it because we had in some respects we had nothing to lose and because the you know we weren't being relegated Uh, and on that basis I think the my desire for us to go for it was to was to put out a good team and try and secure a playoff place I think for someone in Giggs's position where he really has to get us qualified for this tournament, to not take that game seriously to the point where this could get us in the playoffs, to me seems a little bit naive. You've got an opportunity where we were one game away from that. So that's why I was advocating going for it. What I didn't expect to see was a kind of five-a-side approach. (laughs) You know, it was like, oh, we'll put, you know... Anyway, um, and so. Do you so, don't
0: really think it was then that he didn't take it seriously?
1: No, I think there was a naivety to how he t- how they took it. Um,
0: the a side analysis is brilliant, by the way. I
1: think there's. I haven't. I I think I need to feel that he's approached these nine games as an experiment, as a way of getting ready for March. Perhaps feeling that our best chance of qualifying is through the standard qualification route what i think was reflected in in a naive way against denmark was we were one game away from being in the playoffs he could have then gone into those qualifiers with a lot of pressure off Um, and so if he was if he was thinking about it in that way then you'd have thought he would put out what he's Perceives as our best competitive team against a very good Denmark team. And if that's what he perceives as our best competitive team against a 10th ranked nation, then I feel that's na- what he put out was naive for the opposition circumstances. No, I
0: think that's very fair.
1: If he was approaching it as nine experimental games, I still think there's a naivety in that because it's a missed opportunity.
0: I, I totally agree. I think. For my sanity, I feel like I've, I, I need to look at it. He's looking at it as non-experimental games because if it's not, we're in a, I think we're in a lot of trouble. <laughs> and I, and I, I think what you've said there—you know—you feel the same. I think it's—I feel like we're in quite a bizarre situation. Um, and I agree with you. The, the opportunity that this <laughs> game was—this was basically a playoff for, for a playoff do you know what I mean <laughs> yeah. this was like the playoff leg semi-final yeah. if you like um, because it was it was it was an easy easy in <laughs> you know relatively speaking you win one game and you've got one foot in the, the, the tournament before we've even started <laughs> and what an opportunity yeah um, looking at the other teams who have who kind of gone up had that been us we would have You know, we would have been in a very strong position, I think, to qualify for the playoffs Mm. if it had come to that. So I'm with you. I'm kind of surprised the way that he approached the game. And I think we talked before about, you know, as you said, going for it. And he did go for it, but in almost a comical fashion. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, to kind of jump ahead a a little bit in our list of things to say here. um, I kind of looked at that. Before the game started, it saw the formation and the, the, the team we've put out, and I and I remember thinking to myself, oh, well, that's the end of that," because they beat us last time with two holding midfielders. Yes. So the way to solve that problem is I'm going to play one, <laughs> and it just so obviously didn't work. Um. So yeah, to to, to look at the you know the formation, the players, setup, etc. You, know, you mentioned that it was like a five-a-side game you just put the best lads in and hope for the best it sort of did have that feel to it yeah. and, I, and, I, and I felt I'm a little bit annoyed I was going to say this but I'm, I'm a bit annoyed because I was listening to the, the Feast of Football podcast and Danny Gavadon made the, the same point that I'm about to make it's, we're stuck in this weird position where we don't really know what we're doing we didn't seem to be pressing them high up the pitch but equally, we weren't sitting back and playing on the yeah. break. We had a decent amount of the ball, didn't really do a huge amount with it. Um, it we were just—I just felt we were sort of in this sort of no man's land. Yeah, we were basically hoping that our best players would score at all. I felt like that's what the plan was.
1: I mean, if you look at some of the stats in terms of things like corners and, and shots on goal, shots on target, um, we were we were ahead of the Danes by quite a lot in those categories and if we'd taken the chances we had particularly in the first half it would have been a very different game I don't think the two injuries at the back they obviously didn't help they upset what was a relatively ragtag four back there not that Guns and Ampadu didn't do well when they came in ironically Um, but it was unsettling and and clearly because you've used two substitutes that way it reduces your options later in the game so I think all of that kind of conspired against us. If one of those headers had gone in early in the game, we'd, I think we might have been in a... Well, obviously, we'd have been in a much better position. But I agree with you, that idea that either we have to play in a sort of Coleman-esque way, don't we, where we're very strong at the back, we soak up their pressure and then go on the break, And pull. And not. And that doesn't just mean go on the break like all the time at hell for leather break. You know, pull people out of position. Take take the board sideways. Get them out. You know, there's that aspect as well. Or you're pressing higher. You're harrying them. You're playing much more of a possession game. You're not letting them get the ball. You're making it awkward for them. I think we could play either. But we're playing neither yeah. right now. We're falling somewhere in between. And it's that lack of plan. I think the whole kind of umbrella thing that concerns me is the naivety and the perception of a lack of a plan. Yeah. And I've, I haven't seen much over the nine games that makes me feel happier about this. We were talking about this back in January, February time yeah. when he was appointed, that... What actual coaching experience is he bringing to the table that he can rely on? We might be getting a bit ahead of the discussion, um, but I still don't feel that we've really seen evidence of, of an improvement there or a demonstration no, there.
0: I, I totally agree with that, and we will, we will definitely come back to that. Um, I think his, his plan in this, well, as you say, was to kind of blitz things and, mm-hmm. and kind of hope for the best. And to an extent, to give gigs... A, a you know a portion of credit. Bale and Chester is two great chances to put a, what would have been two nil up at the time in fairly quick succession. Um, so as a consequence, all of a sudden we go two nil up and lap, we can maybe sit back and and hold the Danes a little bit and, then, and to that extent the plan might work. But it didn't. And uh, this is something I'll come back to when we talk about the Albania game as well. But it didn't so that can't be the end of the Mm -hmm. plan that's what annoyed me after 20 minutes is we did go at them to an extent what he wanted to do paid off but we didn't score the goals so there was no kind of follow up to that then what was coming next so that's what my problem was really there there was then no change of plan that kind of followed along with that so what, what kind of what follows next sort of thing Um. And there was nothing. Mm-hmm. We just kind of drifted out of the game and nothing really came to fruition yeah. in terms of going back at them again. Especially after they scored, I thought. Yeah. And we, that was what that's what did warn, uh, annoy me about that, is we had the warning. Mm-hmm. Pretty much the exact same thing, Jorgensen broke forward and he took on one player's second touch, wasn't very good, and took him away from goal. The chance frittered away. But the same thing did happen yeah. again. Yeah. And that worried me as well that we didn't kind of react to that because it came from our corner Um,
1: yeah their their goals and their opportunities came from exactly that kind of high press quick break that we were talking about and they I mean clearly they took their chances and we didn't I mean they had three shots on goal and scored from two of them so there's a measure there of them perhaps being a bit more clinical, um, than us. Uh, but I agree with you that that there wasn't, there just didn't seem to be any addressing of issues as they developed. It was clear that Alan was on his own to all intents and purposes and nothing happened about that. Even if you'd have just, I don't know, I, I don't think, Ramsey just can't play there as a holding midfielder. But even if you just grabbed him by the scruff of the neck and said, for today, Aaron, you have to play there. And even that didn't happen.
0: I mean, you know? I know what you're saying. I think the difficulty with me is with, with that. And I, I do want to come back to Ramsey and Bale after as well. But I said before the game, and I'm not you know, showing off about this here, but I said Ramsey shouldn't play against mm-hmm. Denmark as a starter. Because I feel that he can't do what we need him to do in mm-hmm. that role. We've got enough people knocking around. Yeah. And I mentioned Smith being in there. Obviously, Smith then didn't play, but didn't get in the, wasn't in the squad, sorry, due to injury. So I, it's not quite as as black and white mm-hmm. as I'd have first made out. The The point still stands, though. I don't think he should have been in there. And I also don't think, I think it would have been bad management and is bad management for him to have been in there. Even if you have to grab by this scruff of the neck and say, just do it for today. Because he's not that player. No, no, I agree with that. I, I think yeah. the, the, the frustration to me comes, and again, not all his fault, but you look at when uh, Chester came out of the game. Mm-hmm. I think it was a half-time. Just after half-time. He came yeah. came out pretty yeah. much. Yeah. To me, looking at things the way they were then, we were 1-0 down in the game. The system that we had wasn't working. Okay, it, he's got a knock. To me that was screaming out for either we switch formation and play three at the back um, and you could have put any collection of people in in that back line there, even brought James Lawrence in if Mm -hmm. you needed to. Uh, uh, Gunter could have played in there and put Ampadu in front. But instead, he stuck with the same system. And that rang a big alarm bell to me because, yes, it would have been an enforced change to an extent, but there would be a thought of, right, plan B, this is not going first, yeah. we need to win this game, let's, let's mix this around, this isn't working. And we we, you know, we watched the game together, mm-hmm. we, we thought that. So why wasn't there a kind of a, a proaction to that? that? That kind of frustrated me a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I th-
1: other than in the first 20 to 25 minutes, the only time we looked like scoring was in the last few minutes when we got desperate, yeah. put Bale up front, and we finally actually started feeding some balls in behind him, yeah. behind them. I mean, Ash's feed for Bale on that goal is a cracking pass, actually. Um, and, and we just... we Perhaps we weren't doing enough of it because there wasn't that confidence in Tyler Roberts yeah. up front. And I think that's a different question. He was outgunned. He seemed a very odd choice for this particular game as well. And I think once you've committed... To, to him at the front, then the knock-on effect back from that yeah. makes it difficult as well. So that whole sort of front five formation just seemed strange in having Ramsey where he was, or notionally where he was. I don't think he was really there at all, really, was he? But notionally where he was. And then um, Lawrence over Wilson, Roberts up front... There just seemed to be so much wrong with that combination.
0: I mean, I totally agree. Another thing that I wanted to come to you with the changes and substitutions and everything. Do you know what? Yes, the injuries kind of impacted the game and that would absolutely have affected his plan. And he would have had to do a lot of thinking Mm -hmm. on his feet and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm not kind of pulling over the coals for that you know, particularly. But if you know at the end of the game, right, you're chasing the game and... It was one goal Mm -hmm. difference, as it was when he made the last change. Um, Why on earth did he bring on uh, Harry Wilson? Because if the plan was going to be to go long and chase the game at one goal down, Vokes is absolutely the right man for that job. Mm -hmm. And if that was, I mean, that definitely was still the plan, because Ash played up front for the last few minutes, which... I hate it when that happens because that is the that is desperation, and thoughtless desperation. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I um, I couldn't believe that because that was obviously the way to go because we were playing long balls to Bale at that point. Yeah. And whilst Bale is good in the air, he's not a holder player. He's a good. He can yeah.
1: To attack the header. Yeah. So
0: why were not we? Do, that really frustrates me. I thought that was a really. And for, you're right. He, you know, he didn't have many options. But by the same token, he should a hundred percent have brought votes on if he knew that that's how he was going to play to chase the game. Uh, and I thought, and I thought that was really bad.
1: But I wonder whether it was not knowing how to chase the game.
0: But if that was, what I, was I wonder if the do, long,
1: that long ball kind of madness at the end was just, just was just the guys on the field trying things. Maybe, maybe. The irony, as well, I think, is that Gunter and Ampadu when they came on. Played really well. They, it, wasn't, it wasn't actually a negative effect on the, on the team. Guns looks quite a decent left back, doesn't he? <laughs> um, so you could have gone to that three-man D that you're talking about bec- because you weren't, you weren't particularly stretched there. Like I said, they had three go- shots on goal the whole game. So it's not like Hennessy was majorly busy so you could, even with the substitutions, you could have turned that over. You could have pushed Ampadu a bit more central or even sent Conor Roberts to play a little bit more clear-cut yeah. right wing, which, again, I think is wrong. But as in, you had options, yeah. even with the substitution problem. You had options right. because of who we'd been able to put on as the Yes. Yeah.
0: So uh, there, was, there was a frustration of, of that to me. Um, I want to kind of address... One of the, a lot of the things I kept, because I was quite obviously critical after the match, one of the things I did get back was Denmark are a top 10 team. Mm-hmm. I'm not taking anything away from Denmark. They are a very good side. Yeah. Um, and they're efficient. And they don't concede many. They don't score many. But, you know, they do what they need to do. They actually remind me a lot of when we qualified in their kind of mm-hmm. a, their efficient manner. And I just wanted to... To go through the team because I did have a lot of grief on Twitter and stuff. Of you know, they're a top ten team. I think that's more due to their kind of consistent showings. That I don't think they are one of the best ten teams in the world. Um, I think, but,
1: cons- but consistency really counts in this scenario, doesn't it? It,
0: it, it does. But my, the point I'm trying to make is is that by using the statement of them being a top, they're the, one of the top ten sides in the world. Seems to much like, elevate them above, and it's like there's no shame in losing to them. And I don't think there is a shame losing to them. I think it's worth pointing out there's a shame in losing to them home and away when this Ireland team we've been ripping a piss out for the last few months yeah. drew with them both times. Yeah. <laughs> so you know that is a, we need to be very careful about kind of throwing out these statements because they managed to shut them down. Yeah. All right, they didn't score, and yes, they're a shit football team, but. There is, you know, there is a second element to that as well, which I think a lot of people are happy to overlook, because it suits the fact that they're a top ten team. I've got their starting team in front of us mm-hmm. today, and we had a couple of missing, but so did they in defence. So just looking at what they put out the other night, right. their keeper, right, Schmeichel, I would probably take him over Hennessy. Yeah. Then left-back, OK, I don't know much about Lars and their left-back, but equally Paul Dummett plays in the Premier League every week. Gunter came on and did a great job in there I would have either of those and obviously be in a bigger picture, Ben Davis mm-hmm. as well.
1: You'd definitely take Ben, wouldn't you, yeah. if it was a clear choice. Yeah.
0: And to be fair to them again, Jorgensen and Christensen at the back. Christensen plays for Chelsea, mm-hmm. he's a good player. I think again I would maybe be tempted to take uh either of them over probably both of ours, mm-hmm. maybe not Jorgensen over maybe Ampledy or some or Metham, depending on who's fit, but you know, kind of six you know, six or one yeah. there. You look at the midfield of, of players we've got Dalsgaard, they right back over Roberts again I, I'm not sure, you know, there's a, a huge mm-hmm. amount between them, I didn't think um, Thomas Delaney and, and, and Schoerner at the back are their two kind of holding players Well, I, I take Joe Allen over Schoerner every day mm-hmm. um, and again, I know Ramsey, you know, didn't have the best of games that he played at the centre midfield and Thomas Delaney is a good player so, you know, that's a bit more of a difficult one Brooks on the right is playing absolutely brilliantly yeah. at the minute and their kind of right side of attacking player was Braithwaite, Martin Braithwaite who plays for Middlesbrough mm-hmm. and scored three goals this season took his goal well though it was a great finish <laughs> but do you know what I mean in terms yeah. of what we're doing do you want the lad who's play, having a brilliant year in no, the Premier League
1: no no not, not going to argue about Brooks
0: um, and on the other side Lawrence I know it wouldn't be my choice but I would take for example Wilson yes. over Paulson and obviously they've got Ericsson uh, and I, it was a difficult one because they didn't play in the same position over the course of the game. You know, my bias would let me take Bale over Eriksson, but there's six six, and you know, six and two threes there. And Jorgensen over Roberts. I've watched a bit of Jorgensen because Newcastle were linked with him. Mm-hmm. He's not a bad player, and he's probably a bit better than Roberts. But he's not Pele, is he? Do <laughs> you know what I mean? He's not... He, he took his goal off. He's not particularly fast. He's, he's quite a strong lad. He has not got a great scoring record either internationally or at club football my point is is that do you know what, when you look at it in that kind of sense of who would you have they have got some good players they've got some pretty decent players yeah. they've also got a lad who's starting for them on the right hand side who scored cases who can only score three goals in the Premiership for Middlesbrough I, I just Championship should, what did I say? <laughs> premiership premiership <sorry. laughs>
1: you're getting away with this <laughs>
0: But do you see the point I'm making? I do. And I'm not trying to belittle them because they beat us home and away and they're obviously a good side. I just think, for the sake of perspective, people say the top 10 team in the world. I, I,
1: But I think I think it's an invidious comparison to look at them as, as individuals when actually what matters is how they operate as a team. And I think, and I think they are so much more operating as a team oh, than yeah. we are. And that's what's working yeah. for them. Yeah, I looked it up. They haven't, lost a competitive game in. sorry, not quite true they haven't lost a competitive game other than that penalty shootout against Croatia in 17 games Wow! you know, you don't get to that point without being cohesive they hadn't they haven't um, had a until Bale scored, they hadn't um, conceded since the Croatia game so they're doing something right, they're incredibly well organised, they're well drilled they know what they're doing and that's how we succeeded under Coleman. Yeah. We were, we were better than the sum of our parts. I get the feeling somehow at the minute we're managing to be worse than the sum of our parts. And, yeah, I agree. And it keeps coming back to the, that naivety thing that that fundamentally is what I'm worried about.
0: I I, I, I think that's fair. You know, to make your point, of, you know, to, to stick with your point of, of working as a team. You know, that is how we worked under mm-hmm. Coleman. Um, and I feel like we're sort of reliant on a, it, some individual factors at the minute, where, whereas it mm-hmm. wasn't like that then. And you know, we're looking for Harry Wilson to score a worldy free kick because he did it against Ireland, or getting a goal from a corner or something like that. Um, and it's just and it's not happening yeah. as a consequence. We, we kind of look blunt. Mm-hmm. Um, so to look at some more uh, positive things, there we showed some good signs of depth because when Gunter came in. Mm-hmm. He obviously played very well, um, and obviously Ampadu came off the bench and played well. Mm-hmm. We weren't at our first choice left back, um, so I, I think that's definitely a positive. Yeah. I also thought that Brooks and Allen were outstanding. John had the best game I've seen him play for Wales for, a, for quite, quite a while. while. Yeah. Um, so whilst we have you know been a bit negative here in, about certain aspects, there were definitely some positives, mm-hmm. were there.
1: Yeah, Brooks in particular, I think, is just what a season he's having yeah. overall. I mean we'd be pretty lost without him, actually, wouldn't we? Right now. I agree. We keep going back to this sort of adage that we've got to find space and time and possession for the best players. Um right at the minute he feels like he should be our go to, yeah. ironically. Which when you consider who else is on the on the field, that's somewhat concerning. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I think uh, it's an interesting one because obviously we've got to go with form players and everything else. And I thought, you know, I think he is definitely Mm -hmm. our form player in attacking sense. I watched the second half of the Arsenal game uh, today for Bournemouth, and he was should have had a goal. Should have had a goal Mm -hmm. and got one disallowed. He was he was very good until he came off. So um, I think he is definitely our go-to at the minute, no question. Um, The game also raised an interesting conversation point. I thought, which was, Conor Roberts has been great since he's come in. Have we been a bit too hasty, however, in writing off Gunter?
1: I think, ironically, well, he played very well at left-back, but I think, ironically, Gunter might just have become our kind of default first defensive substitution. Yeah. Because you can play him virtually anywhere across a back five. And so his versatility might actually be working against him a bit there. I know what you mean. Um you could even i i wonder whether you put him next to allen in defensive midfield he I'm not i'm not advocating <laughs> i'm not advocating for, but he would do a job yeah. wouldn't he you could rely on him to do a job i'm um, not trying
0: to see him center half you know and, and put put
1: Ampadu ahead or smith ahead i'm not saying it's the right option but i think under a a situation where there was an injury or something you could even conceivably could put him put him in that position so i think it might um his, his ability to turn his hand at a lot of things might actually be working yeah. against him right now.
0: I th- the reason I, I said it is because he did actually provide a lot of threat down mm-hmm. the left-hand side. Yeah. And he also looked solid and composed at the back, mm-hmm. kind of as usual, was very reliable, kind of didn't do anything wrong. And again, I'm not saying Conor Roberts did, but I also didn't think, you know, whilst Conor Roberts has got a lot of energy and stuff moving forward, I didn't particularly if, if, think he affected the game going for no. either as much as he has. You know, the yeah. Ireland game was obviously the standout yeah. example. Um, but it was an interesting one because I thought I did think to myself after: could we, in our desperation almost, to put a lot of young players yeah. in to kind of try things out, is that maybe really part of the problem? We've kind of lost our way a little bit, and Connor Robb has become a you know a guaranteed starter almost. And well, actually, I'm not sure. You know, Gunter has done enough mm-hmm. uh, wrong. If that's yeah. the way to look
1: at it, yeah. I mean, you could argue he's not getting much time at Reading, but that doesn't actually seem to make a difference to gigs, no. does it? What people's playing time at their clubs, so that's not really not You know, that's not a valid argument in the current circumstances. No. Um, I think it goes back to what was what the purpose of these games, and I think until you can define what the purpose of the games are, you don't know how he's viewing yeah. that.
0: And and, and I, I, a lot of it, I do think, will come down to who we end up drawing. Mm-hmm. If we end up playing against, you know, a, a, a fast, you know, or fit team, you know, a team that move you around mm-hmm. a lot, um, then Brooks might be the best. Yeah. Uh, uh, Robert, sorry, might be the best person for that because of his energy and his, his fitness and, 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 and everything. But then equally, to still, you know, he's just not as fast as, mm-hmm. as, as Robert. I think, but.
1: but if you're playing four at the back, you need four... Dependable, sort of defensively focused yeah. players, don't you? And Roberts might suit a five at the back situation better.
0: Yeah.
1: Not Is that we've really played, played, not yeah. that really no. played him that way, but I don't know, Dave. No, it's an interesting. <laughs> I just
0: thought it was, I just thought it was worth mentioning, just mm-hmm. purely because it's been a, an interesting, I think, it's an interesting circumstance mm-hmm. that he's kind of fallen out of that the first team picture.
1: Um, I think these two games hopefully, kind of, uh, made a statement from him
0: yeah, about, what he's uh,
1: about what he's capable of, despite what might be happening at club level.
0: Um, talking about people who are uh, worrying club level, uh, I just want to talk about Bale Rams, Rambo a little bit, because, I mean, Ramsey, I thought, had his worst game for us in a long time, and I don't think it's all his fault. No. Um, he was played out of position. I do think the manager should have either done more to enforce to him what his role should have been. Either way, he still didn't play well. Mm-hmm. He's not starting every week for Arsenal. He's coming on for ten minutes and kind of here and there, which is definitely not going to help. Um, it um, it's a bit of a worry to me how much of a dip in form he's having, especially when you combine that with Bale, who yes scored a goal. Um, but he didn't really look much of a threat. And I'm, and I'm worried if, is he out of form? Is, you know, rather, I mean, uh, I feel like I'm pinning a lot of blame on Giggs, <laughs> but are we, you know, could we be looking at, are we saying that Giggs is not getting the best out of him for one reason or another? It is a bit of a worry that both of those are having such, or what seems to be a bit of a dip.
1: I think Giggs isn't getting the best out of Ramsey because of how he's trying to play him. Um, Ramsey kind of isn't playing ball either because no. he's not, Playing that position, but it's just so the wrong position for him. So I think there may be some, at least metaphorically, some headbutting going on there between the two of them. Um, Bale, I don't know what to make of what's going on. He obviously he's not in great form, but equally he's got the most assists for Real this season. Not that they're scoring a huge number. No, <laughs> Um, they lost again they weekend, lost again at the weekend yeah so clearly his his form isn't what it has been um, I didn't like how he was drifting out a bit during the game he'd you know you'd, you'd bit some you Five, ten minutes at a time, you barely see him yeah. as involved in the game. And
0: that's a worry. Um,
1: and that's a worry because he's so important. And I think the statement that he makes and, and just the energy that he brings when he's just on the ball marginally, momentarily, there's a lift. Yeah. Um,
0: so do you think he's be, do you think he's been played out of position? Where, he, where would you play Bale? Would you play him up top? Or him I, up I
1: think I'd probably play him up top at the minute because we haven't got an obvious... Striker, in the sort of old-fashioned sense. Um, so I'd be inclined to play him up front. I think, but then he's got to be disciplined to not just keep coming back yeah. and kind of s- stamping his presence on the on the midfield. Um,
0: See, I would look at it. I look at it a different way. I think you've got to play to your strengths. And I think he his strengths. Is the way his his movement works and his pace, and he can run at people, and, and sometimes because of the way we play, he ends up back to goal, mm-hmm. and he his ball is feet surrounded by people, and he can't do much. Yeah.
1: So I would play
0: him out wide. Hmm. I'd maybe play either left or right. Like one or the other doesn't make a huge difference to me. But Brooks on the other mm-hmm. side as well, and I would probably use folks who will come to him against Albania. I know he wasn't great, but of our options, I think we would see the better of him if he's got Gareth Bale putting put the balls into yeah. him. Equally, Bale can do more from out there. Um, and then you can be looking at getting uh, Ramsey in at 10, Wilson in at 10 if, if Ramsey's not delivering. Mm-hmm. Um, which which are the moment so... I would personally play that wide. Right. Cool. Mention of Wilson mm-hmm. before we move on to the Albania game. Um, It was interesting to me that he has picked Wilson, uh, Lawrence over Wilson, sorry. And he's done that a few times. Why do you think he fancies uh, Lawrence more than Wilson?
1: The honest answer is I don't know. Because I would have taken Wilson on that wing. Um, Whether he's playing a little bit deeper for Derby, and so perhaps he's not showing what Giggs needs on that wing... Or whether he thought that with a four-man defence he wanted someone who was perhaps a little bit more steady and less adventurous on that wing. That, to me, is about the only reason that makes sense. But I would have put Wilson ahead of Lawrence.
0: And my, my only alternative, just again to keep myself sane, this line of it being an experiment, is he thinks he's going to play Wilson as a starter. And he wants to, and he knows what Wilson can do, and so he wants to see what Lawrence can do elsewhere, and see what his best position is if he's to bring him on as a sub. Is the only logic I can think of. I don't think that's the case. Doesn't <laughs> feel very logical, does no. it? No, um, but that's pretty much the only rational way I can kind of get it through to myself. Um, have you got anything else? Want I wanted to on? mention
1: Ampadu, but I wanted to mention something specific. The incident where he was boarded and then took retribution. Yes. Huge fan. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not Not. Not a fan of that. And I do think there's a, a kind of dark arts in doing something like that to a level where you get a yellow and not a red card. Um, but almost immediately afterwards, he lost Braithwaite and they scored. And I do wonder whether a bit of a red mist came into play there and meant that he wasn't as on it in terms of keeping an eye on who he was marking. So it was just a kind of, yes, I'm I'm with you. I was a big fan of the reaction, but not at the expense of you then conceding a goal if he's not focused enough.
0: I think it's a difficult one there because he is a very talented player, obviously, Mm -hmm. but he's also 18 years old. Mm -hmm. So there is the, you know... I, I'll allow him those few mistakes so to speak there because he is so young um, but I agree about the goal and again to give him his dues he did lose Braithwaite momentarily head of the finish mm-hmm. you know nine times out of ten I would imagine he puts that you know right <laughs> away um, so you know I, I, I but I do I do see what you're saying and I'm sure I'm confident that that will kind of get coached out of him a little bit at Chelsea Um and I, but I also do think that his love of the dark arts <laughs> is something that long-term will be good for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and we need that sort of edge in our team, I think.
1: goes back a bit to something Coleman says in um, Don't Take Me Home, where he talks about us being a bit nice. Yeah. I feel like we've become a bit nice again. Yeah. We need to be a bit, a bit Edgy. edgier. No, I yeah.
0: agree. Um, okay, so to move on to the Albania game and, and keep it... Uh, Equally happy. Um, <laughs> I thought, to be fair to Giggs, he did get his first team select. He got the first team selection right. I'm not saying that's the first time he's got a team selection right. I mean, the first, the team he sent out to start right. the games, right? Um, I, I think it was, a, it was a fair amount of jigging around. It was good to see certain players mm-hmm. start uh, James Lawrence, Dan James. Um, I Ward. thought. Ward. Ward, yeah, again, that was a good decision. Um, so I don't think he did anything wrong there. And again, the way we set up really was, was probably just about right, do you think?
1: Yeah, no, I haven't got a problem with the formation. If anything, we looked a bit more organised initially. Yeah. Well, that's
0: probably because you got, was it King, I think? King was, King was
1: there, playing with Alan, yeah. Um, at least initially. Yeah. And we should have been several ahead before half time. There's no. Uh, I mean, there were chances that were easier to score than miss, and we missed yes. them. Um, so it should and could have been a very different game. Um, there were some dodgy refereeing decisions, but we we just looked. By the end, you accept in a friendly, it's going to look messy and weird substitutions yeah. going on, but we looked so ragtag and desperate. By the end, it was a a real mess. (laughs)
0: Um, Before we kind of get too far down the line, um, you're right, we did miss a lot of chances. That Vokes one in in particular was a a shocker. Mm -hmm. The big question, really, I I want to ask you in that is, I feel like we have sat here or somewhere (laughs) after these games and we've said, oh, we did have a lot of chances, though. At what point... (sighs) Do we start to kind of? Do we start to look at who we pointed a finger at for that? And, I, and, I'm, and I'm not. I'm not. I'm not just trying to be negative against gigs here, but at some point it becomes weird to me that we're missing regularly lots of chances. I mean, the, the last one for folks in particular, when he, he basically cleared it off the line for them, it's um, a shocking miss. And I do have to wonder. Because it's not the first time it's happened. We have gone through a lot of our recent games and, and missed some good chances. I do have to wonder, is it, is it something that Giggs is saying to them? Are they not in the right mind space? Are they not convinced by a system so they're not as focused? Or are they, are they not as prepared as they need to be or want to be to, to go in, into these games? Because no one wants to do that on purpose. So it has to be something else. If it keeps happening... It isn't a one-off anymore, and it does keep happening. So you can't just say, yeah, but... Because come qualifiers, it's a, it, it matters. And it, it, in that, these it's a worry to me.
1: In these two games, we have more chances. But if you look back at that Island game, we were discussing the fact that... Um, I forget what the stats were, but didn't they have more shots on goal or something silly? The home win. In the, yeah. 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 So... I'm not. I think it's a pattern for these two games. I'm not sure it's necessarily a pattern more holistically, I but just, I do think we're missing a kind of cutting edge, um, tenacity, um, j- throwing your head at things, throw, you know, pushing your weight around kind of approach. That, I think that's what I'm trying to yeah. get at,
0: really. Yeah. And, and it's, it's a, why, why, who are we blaming for that? <laughs> I'm, I'm not just trying to make it that the blame game. Well, Giggs has said.
1: He wants kind of fast, entertaining football, but often goals come from scraps, don't they? And perhaps we're falling somewhere between the two, Um, where where there's relatively speaking, there's not that much action in the box. I think Chester and Bale's headers stand out because they were. In the box, chances. A lot of the ed- Lawrence had a shot from outside. Bale had a shot that was was it saved relatively early or did it go yeah. wide early um, from outside? There's not that much kind of six yard box mess um, going on, is there? So maybe maybe training. I don't know. Is concentrating on. What you might think of as the sort of attacking flair kind of approach, and then our chances are I'm not, not as clean as that, yeah. and perhaps we're not as on it. I don't know, Dave. Is my it's my honest answer. Yeah. And I just, I don't
0: know. It's not just about kind of pointing fingers. Mm. I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying to just get at gigs here, but I, I, I do think. It's odd to me that it does keep happening. I say keep happening because I go back to that game at Denmark away where Tom Lawrence, I think it was, fluffed a chance at 0-0.
1: There has been a string of games where we had chances we haven't taken. Perhaps not a plethora, but chances we haven't taken.
0: And it it does, I I do wonder what that is. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, you know, to be fair, it's, it's no one but... Sam Foulkes' fault that he didn't score that one from literally a yard yeah. out, two yards out. And, um, and he should have done better with some headers. Brooks had a really good like, little flicked header chance mm-hmm. in the first half as well that he should have done a lot better with. Um, so it's not just that one. And that, that, that's why I kind of braised that really. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do think we also should have had a pen. I know mm-hmm. they did, which was I thought was soft. Um,
1: you've seen those given, though. I don't think
0: we can no, really argue yeah, with that one. But, but ours should have, should have if been, you're given. you to give that one. Yeah. you've got to give the other. Yeah. I also thought we were very, very unlucky not to be playing ten men. I felt mm-hmm. like if that wasn't a friendly game, Jaka, um, yeah, Xhaka's brother was there. He should have gone.
1: Yeah. Um, and you had a good kind of half, effectively, didn't you? Of, of yeah. ten men, if, if you got yeah. sent off at that
0: point. Um, and I thought that was it was poor refereeing that he mm-hmm. didn't go. Um, I, I, when you look at these these sort of things, does that do you think that kind of affects the game? Where you, where you made the players are thinking, "Oh, today's not our day." Or do you, is it fond, fundamentally? Albania are ranked fortieth in the world. We should be beating Albania. Are they worse Albania? than
1: that? I think aren't they? Um, After the game, there's that press conference that Giggs talks about the feeling of complacency. And I can understand that they'd had lots of chances in the first half. You might have come off that pitch at halftime thinking, "Well, we're going to score here, we've got the score. Yeah. It's going to happen. We can't keep you know we can't clear off the line rather than yeah. score. We can't keep doing that. So if that's what he means by complacency, I can kind of understand it, but if that's what he was perceiving from the players at halftime, then he has to address it and if they come out worse in the second half which we did and kept getting and, worse. and got worse and looked desperate by the time we brought Bale and Ramsey on i mean that's actually kind of embarrassing yes, desperation deft, yeah. um then at that point it's on him and i didn't like the vocabulary he used in that press conference where he talked about them being complacent and the,
0: it's funny someone commented that on twitter
1: yeah twitter. he he said um I saw it, but they didn't react. There was no we, and that concerns me because Coleman would, wouldn't have approached things. It would have been a we all the way, no, and I that's agree. that was always our strength.
0: And I thought, and I thought that was bizarre. I admired his passion in the way he came mm-hmm. out and spoke about it, and didn't just deliver a load of cliches. Mm-hmm. By the same token, if he spotted that at half time, I, I, I assume he addressed it. Yeah. And then we came out and got worse second half. I'll come to the the, the and Ramsey thing in a minute, but if thus if he's seen it, addressed it, that's a that's a big red flag to me that something didn't change there. Be it he felt he needed to do something and change system, uh, or make more changes or what I, I don't know, but to me that was a big. Um, I think that the quality of the opposition is something I wanted to raise here as well, because they did get to the Euros, mm-hmm. they did well at the Euros, um, and they qualified in, uh, for the Euros in a group that had Denmark and Serbia in it. Right. So there are no pushovers, mm-hmm. and I think that um, they got out of their group at the Euros as well. However, they just got beat 4-0 by Scotland. They lost 2-0 to Scotland, Mm -hmm. they lost to Israel, they drew 0-0 with Jordan. Now, this is not a good team. And I know we can talk about missed chances Mm and blah, 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 but to come away from that, losing that game, you know, we can find excuses, that's, to me, I I thought was an embarrassing Mm -hmm. result. Yeah.
1: I would agree. And it's another example of no sort of tactical acumen to the the process. I mean, there were positives. There were some positives. But the underlying feature is this feeling of what are we trying to be? How are we trying to play? And even if you're putting out a B team in the sense of who's physically on the field, it should still be... Your system, our system. And that fundamentally isn't a system. Yeah. And then when it got messier again in the, the second half, more substitutions, people played a bit out of position. That just got worse then, didn't it?
0: No, I I, mean, I, I agree.
1: I think, I think their strength was... Well, I mean, they barely made a the chance. They took the one chance they had penalty um, but then by the end we were getting so desperate we were we, lost. we were leaving them space they could disappear into a corner and waste two or three minutes yeah. with the ball by the end of the game um, and so we were chasing our tails embarrassingly by the end
0: I felt that the the thing that makes me think things aren't an experiment we well, you come back to this is that if he's sacrificing the results so he can try different systems stuff, him bringing on Bale and Ramsey, to me, then undermines that theory yeah. because what if those lads have got injured or, yeah. you know... Can you imagine? Like, like again, at the edge of someone said that if that hadn't have been the game where Chris Gunter broke the Caps mm. record... I agree, and I agree. And I don't think Bale would have played. He would have. He would have been back in Madrid. Um, but for him to come on in the circumstances, I, I just thought it was. I thought it was bizarre. Maybe wanted to play. I know there's lots, and we are being negative about gigs here a lot. But I do think there's a lot of kind of things that you sit back and when you actually look at it in the cold light of day, you know a lot of bizarre decisions and, and, and a lot of strange things happen. Um, to, to try and move on a little bit and try and be a bit more positive um, I thought that Dan James looked was quite positive just in, in the way he played in his kind of directness he didn't have the best game mm-hmm. but I was, I was quite impressed by that I was impressed by Matondo when he came on
1: he looked he very looked good very
0: dynamic yeah um, and the guy that we've been talking a lot about uh, James Lawrence yep. I thought he actually had a Fair really tos. really good game and I know we're playing Albania oh, and everything, I bloody beat us. <laughs> you know, none of the, none of, you know, the goal was Yeah, it would have been very point, easy. It, it would have been
1: us. very easy for him to look out of his depth, out of sorts. But I think what we were talking about the previous podcast, the fact that he's played with a lot of clubs, obviously played with a lot of players, just being around the block a bit, he can obviously like turn his hand to playing a decent yeah. game of football, and he and he did that as was needed. Um, and I think as a bit of depth to the squad. Not a bad addition at all. Absolutely. And hopefully, you know, maybe with him being seen and not that Andaless a terrible team by any means, but maybe he can even, you know, move no, move up I, the pyramid I, a little bit yeah, as well. I agree. I thought, yeah. I
0: thought he looked great. I thought he looked good with the ball on his feet. He seemed confident driving yeah. out to defence at the back. Um i, I definitely want mm-hmm. to see him in a in a squad again. Yep. Um in the build up.
1: And he'd learnt yeah. the anthem. Which yeah. was really good. I had
0: noticed that at some point in the last I was, thinking, I was yeah. really impressed by that because, as much as I've stood and uh, defended Paul Dubbett on many occasions, he was doing the anthem at the uh, at the start of the Denmark game, and he looked desperately uncomfortable. <laughs> All of that was going on. Was sitting there with his mouth closed. Um, so I was impressed by the fact that Lawrence had done mm-hmm. that. I agree. Um, so there, you know, there, there were positives. Mm-hmm. They were just. Overshadowed a Minimal. bit I guess, by by the situation. Yeah, yeah. Um, so ahead of the qualifiers, I'm not going to go into too much of an assessment of Brian Gates because so I think we've done that fairly well.
1: Can I just talk about one thing that I was so actually gone. pleased to hear? Please do, um, because I do feel that we've been quite negative. So Haley put out a couple of tweets from um, from when she was in Albania. So at the end of the game, um, she'd, I'm not quite sure how, but she'd ended up near the team bus. And uh, she got to speak to Ash and, and to Giggs. Um, and it sounds like she was the only supporter there. And the two of them went over to a fair play. It would have been quite easy for them just to kind of wave and jump on the bus. Yeah. So the fact that the two of them went over to her, I thought, was really good. And um, she, just, she just said to Ash, I'm going to quote her here, um he was very defensive when he came over but i just said he must have had a shit week but he's the best captain we've ever had he welled up i welled up it was emotional i think it just says how much this means to him and i think it's important that's important for us to realize but then she went on met gigs after the game um i was tamping and fully prepared to give him a piece of my mind he came over and apologized profusely grabbing my hand tight as he did he went up in my estimation for that I told him we'd get there and I've never seen a man so grateful now I think it's been quite easy with what we've been talking about to kind of make it seem like he's not bothered I I was glad to hear that because if he's bothered then I think hopefully he's open to working with Osham working with the technical assistants just like where are we what do we need to do next Whereas I think if he wasn't invested, it would be easy for him to be blinkered and be in his yeah. own world. So what's pleasing about those comments um, that Haley put out via the Fee Whales Twitter was that it, it does matter to him. And I think as long as it matters to him, we've got some hope of him engaging and investing and putting in the effort and the time that's needed. And there's lots he does need to do. The fact that he's not been down to Swansea. just I mean, if that's true, it makes no sense, Dave.
0: Do you know what? It is difficult for me. I I don't for a moment think he doesn't care. Mm -hmm. Because if nothing else, from a purely selfish perspective, this has to go well, otherwise he's going to struggle in his coaching career. So of course he cares, because this is his livelihood and his Mm -hmm. job, possibly going one way or the other forever. I don't doubt that. And I also don't doubt that he cares about Wales, because otherwise he wouldn't have taken this job, because he would he would have known the flank he was going to get from it. But there's a flip side. Is, does he care enough? And at the end of the day, you know, he's not been to Swansea. Mm-hmm. He's, not, he's not done these things. And that is a sign for me that I'm not sure how much he does care, in, in terms of the extra 10% at the top, which might make a difference. And maybe I'm not... Care is, is is harsh because I, it's not about him not caring; it's about him not giving it a hundred percent.
1: But that's why I, that's why I'm hanging on to what Haley was saying because that's where I thought, okay, maybe he will invest that extra ten percent. Maybe there's as, as hope. Maybe there's hope for that ten percent.
0: I mean, I don't, you know, I don't wish to belittle anything yet because I didn't meet him. I wasn't mm. there. I haven't seen. I haven't spoken to him. He's also not going to say to her, "Oh, do you know, I'm, I'm annoyed." No, no, but I think. Do you know what I mean? He, I, I do feel like he's been in and around the game long enough where he can also. He's not stupid. He's, no, no, he knows he, how to play it. Don't say the right yeah, thing.
1: He knows how to play it. But equally, his kind of PR side of his role hasn't been a strength historically. Um, I think he's got a bit better. In fairness, he speaks better than I was expecting. For example, yeah. um, but. I think what I'm lo- I'm just looking for some hope. No, maybe <laughs> just find some hope. And I do <laughs> want to do that
0: because I think I think it's also worth pointing out in case of defence and for what it you know as a as a plug. If you haven't read my blog of you, <laughs> I probably wouldn't read it straight after listening to this. But um, I have done a gig uh, a blog about gigs. If you want to read that at Coleman's Dreams dot WordPress dot com, um, but one of the big points I made at the end of that is he has come in at an era which I don't think another manager has in my memory, where he has come over out taken over from a man who didn't want who we didn't want to leave, or a lot of people didn't want to leave. He's taken over the most successful squad of all time. Um The only way is down from him. The only way he can improve on what Coleman did is to win the Euros. And if we're being realistic about this, that's not going to happen. (laughs) So I, I do think we are judging him by the same standards we have for Coleman. And I think the narrative would be exactly the same if it was Coleman, but it's just a new man at the helm. Because temporarily, at least, everyone's expectations have risen. And through no fault of his own, he is in a difficult transitionary period that I don't think any manager for Wales has ever been in before where well, we've got such a good squad such a deep squad taking over from a man no one wanted to leave or well, not many people wanted to leave and at the same time he's dealing with that he's also dealing with Ramsey's not playing regularly Bale's out of form his captor and leader is I think 34 or 35 years old and is coming towards the end and has also not been in great form Chester's not been in great form He's got a lot of young players he's blood in who, whilst they're playing well for their clubs, are also gaining their first, you know, minutes of international experience. He's dealing with a huge amount of just in that playing squad alone. You know, Andy King is dropped from Leicester. He's there in name and not a lot else. Um, Gunter's not playing regularly for Reading. You know, when you actually look at it, there are a lot of reasons which are absolutely nothing to do with him. Why we're not playing as well as we have. Don't get me wrong, there's evidence of this situation that he's compounded a little bit, I think. But there are there are enough shoots out there. I mean if, if if Bale goes on and gets stronger through the rest of the year, Ramsey goes and moves to Bayern or Juventus in January and plays every with Ronaldo or whoever else and his form gets better. Meppham stops getting these little niggly injuries and he plays every week. Ben Davis is back. Brooks is six months older and more experienced in the Premier League. Um, you know Harry Wilson is is playing outstanding um, you know when you look at it the potential really really is there and there's a lot of things that are out of his control and ultimately I don't think always his fault some of it is but there is, a, there is another side to it where I think there is a lot of potential he's dealing with a lot more than I think people by people, I mean me. Um, <laughs> are giving him credit for?
1: Okay, don't the get me. St- the look on your
0: face means you disagree. No, I don't. <laughs>
1: dis- I don't disagree. You've just got me thought, thinking about the transition when Yorath left. Exactly. And if I we, like going to if therapy. we, <laughs> if we end up in that mess, then we're in a mess. So I don't. Saying. I I'm trying not to equate the two because I think there's enough differences that I shouldn't mentally. I shouldn't equate the two. But we we collectively made so many missteps yeah. at that point that it would be criminal if we do anything yeah. even vaguely the same this time around. I, I agree. With
0: you. But, and, I, and I don't think we will. And I do think, you know, this was is a better appointment after that Euro thing than John Toshak coming out for one game <laughs> and then quitted and starting that shambolic cycle <laughs> that ended up with Big Neb and Mark Hughes taking charge, <laughs> which ultimately did work out in the yeah. end for Sparky, but... Um, what was it? Something like six years of misery yes. after that. <laughs> so I, I don't think we, I don't think we've done enough right recently that makes me think we're not going to go down that path. It would be very Wales. <laughs> uh, to be fair, um, right. to, to to move on to a few other bits as we've been waffling for quite mm-hmm. a while. Um Do you? Who do you think, as the draw is coming up soon? Yeah, um, would be. Teams to get, teams to avoid in the pots. Uh, the 2nd of December is the draw um, in Dublin. I think it's 11 o'clock in the morning, so I'm not waiting up. A, you know, we'll be awake at 6 o'clock in the morning to watch that one. Our <laughs> alert <laughs> will, uh, will be at that particular time. But um, yes, what, what, what do you think? What are your thoughts?
1: Um, well, a few people have put out tweets and, and um, posts, haven't they, looking at what they think is the best sort of combination and the worst Combination. Um, I think most people would look to get Poland out of the top group. Um, yes. I think it, you you could get a very very variable bunch. I'm surprised looking at the rankings versus who's in what pot. There doesn't seem to be much like quite how that's correlated. I'm not sure.
0: I think a lot of it has got to do with who was promoted and whatever. Yeah. That was a big part of it from the league, the the Nations League.
1: Because I just did, I just did two permutations and I came up with one group where the average ranking of the teams in the group would be over, over a hundred. That's, that's at FIFA level, FIFA rankings. And another one where the average was 30. And you just think if you can get that diversity in the rankings, then something's a bit, weird so my best group would be Poland as from part 2 Israel Estonia Gibraltar and San Marino
0: um i think i agree with you with Poland i think it's difficult looking at that top mm-hmm. section i would be tempted you know as a, as, a best, as the worst of the best case scenario mm-hmm. to look at Italy who are going through a big transitionary period they're blood a lot of young yeah. players that, I, that wouldn't be the end of my world Portugal yeah. famous last word. I, I, I think, think there's also the world, an argument
1: be. to have where you have a group not like we had in the World Cup qualifiers where we were all a bit too equal and we were taking points yeah. off each other I can see an argument for a team that just runs away with first. <laughs> And then effectively it's between us and somebody and for the, years, for the yeah. second. Um, and so make whoever whoever's in the third place as kind of low as possible and not worry about so much who's in the first place. Right. Um, I can see merit in that argument as well, given it's two that qualify.
0: No, I think that's fair. We would just have to deal with it. Um, and I think it's a bonus as well that looking at it, we miss out on playing... Uh, the Germans for mm-hmm. example who have got I know they're a bit rough at the minute but have got a frighteningly good yeah. uh, record of qualifiers for that reason like we talked about earlier I wouldn't be that disappointed if we drew England to be perfectly really honest just because I think they'd probably do a good job on everyone else and I think we'd probably have a good half ah, a chance of getting something off them mm-hmm. I'd also take the Swiss uh, ultimately I think we want to be avoiding Croatia Spain France Belgium Holland because I think Holland have finally turned the corner and look like they're really on the up Um so those are the big ones mm-hmm. I'd, I'd want to avoid. Um, pot three, the biggest one to avoid. Sorry, we'll come back to the biggest mm-hmm. one to avoid. I think I would probably, as an unpopular choice as it would be, I would take the Republic of Ireland from that group.
1: Do you not think they're going to have a bit of a bounce back? No, because I think Mick McCarthy's
0: shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I also think they've got a load of old players. I think Mick McCarthy has obviously been confirmed in the, in the post today. It's worth pointing out. He's also... Already been told that he's going to be fired by 2020 and the new person coming in. I can't imagine that that is going to have a positive effect on the squad. And I think I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot of those older players retire Mm -hmm. um, as well. So I think they're going through a bad spell. Um, I'd take them. I would also, I I agree with you, Bulgaria, Israel, Finland, any of them really. Mm -hmm. I I think the ones to avoid there are the Serbs. Yes. Um, The Serbs and the Turks and the Slovakians probably. And um, also take Northern Ireland. Huh?
1: I think Northern Ireland would be okay.
0: It wouldn't be an exciting draw, no, but, but I think we'd be all right there. Um, from Pot Four, um, I think it's again. There's a lot of those teams are sort of much or much less. I'd probably take Cyprus or Estonia mm-hmm. from those. Pot Five. I think I would go for... I think I went for Belarus. Right. Uh, my last one on the basis. that I think that might be quite a nice little away day for everyone. But I
1: think Gibraltar would be kind of fun as well.
0: Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. And I'd always think they're rubbish. So <laughs> yeah. um, I'll take that. I don't want to play the Moldovans again. They were no. dirty bastards. And um, from Pot 6, I don't care as long as you don't play Andorra. I think Malta would be the nicest trip. Uh, I think Latvia... I is it
1: Latvia? That, that are Latvia all, in there. The ones that look out of step in that group, yeah, aren't
0: they? they're the only ones who... Okafu are more I mean, to avoid from the others, definitely, like I said, the Turks. From pot four, there's a few kind of tricky teams there. You I think Romania might be yeah. a tricky one in that group. And the Greeks were always all right. <laughs> I mean, Christ, we want to play Albania. <laughs> um, I watched a bit of Montenegro against Serbia in mm-hmm. the exciting Fi League, Um And they looked all right, the Montenegro lads. So I wouldn't want to play them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wouldn't want to play Georgia again. You know, they're no. in that pot and they looked...
1: Well, they gave us run-around. Difficult, yeah, yeah.
0: very. Um, and out of the other one, I just wouldn't really... I know we can't play Kazakhstan because mm-hmm. they're too far away. Um, but I wouldn't really want to play uh, Moldova again. I wouldn't really want to play Armenia. I think Luxembourg might be quite a nice one as well. Like mm-hmm. um, as I say, if we're avoiding people in pot six, I think we've got bigger problems. <laughs> but uh, I'd probably avoid the Latvians. Uh, or like I say, Andorra, just because I wouldn't want to go there and they're with crap.
1: I think I think the that, pitch yeah. is reason enough not to want yeah, to play them. To to
0: that, yeah, yeah. Um, it's an it's an interesting one, and I think that whatever happens, I don't care what, who we blame and what the excuses are, blah blah blah. We absolutely have to qualify for the Euros in the system the way it mm-hmm. is. Even if it's that we end up going through the back door and doing it in the playoffs, whatever, we absolutely have to qualify for that. Yeah. With
1: the, with the
0: tournament, or with the players we've got, sorry. Yep, we should. Um, To move on to clubs. Um,
1: Can we just do, sorry. Um, while we're talking about the Nations League, sort of. Oh, yes. Sorry. I did my number crunching. You tasked me with doing I my did. number crunching. So just to recap for people, after the first match day one and two, I did some statistics to look at if there was an advantage to playing two competitive games versus one competitive game. And in that weekend, I found there was quite a marked advantage to playing two competitive games, although we'd underperformed if you use that matrix. And then in the third and fourth weekend, it was actually pretty even. Wasn't a clear distinction, really, in the third and fourth games. And then, obviously, I've added in match day five and six. In which case, in which scenario, there is another big difference, a a, a point difference um, between the teams that played two games and the teams that played one game. So overall, if you were playing two competitive games per weekend, you scored an average of one point six points per game playing two per weekend. If you were only playing one, you scored. 0.9 points on average. That's really interesting. So there's a, on that basis, there's a clear advantage to playing two. Which in theory means we should try and get in a group of six teams, not a group of five. Exceptional logic. Not a group of five, because then all our games will be competitive, except it doesn't seem to work for us. <laughs>
0: We're the opposite. We are an exception that
1: proves the rule. So... I was just surprised at the divergence. That it, it, We thought yeah. it was going to be
0: the other way around. We thought
1: it was going to be the other way around. Also, the middle weekend, all the teams that played their double-headed on the middle weekend, where the distinction wasn't as clear, either played two at home or two away.
0: Oh.
1: Whereas the, the, the teams that had a pair at the front or in the last weekends were playing one of each, one home, one away. So there's a clear, there's even more an advantage to playing two games, one home, one away.
0: Well, there you go. Let's hope that. Fixed so when is the fixture computer
1: video. comes out, that's what we need to be looking for. for. Yeah. Come yeah. fixture
0: computer. By <laughs> fixture computer, I mean man at your waiting. For you. Sorts <laughs> it out for the best games to be on the side of it. that man, if he can sort that out for us, I'd be very grateful.
1: But I think I'm going to keep thinking on this, and perhaps in a later podcast in the winter when we haven't got so much to talk about, <laughs> we can ha- we can dissect this a little bit more and see if we can come up with some rationale of what might be going on, why that why we have that pattern.
0: I'm intrigued. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, there's a winter special <laughs> that you don't want to miss. Because
1: um, then we could look up, ha- we'll have our fixtures by then, we could see what the patterning which, might be. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, to move on to the clubs...
1: Do we have to after this weekend? We yeah, have so rather we have rather gone from the sublime to the ridiculous yeah, in the it's, last it's, two it's weeks. Not really the cheeriest of no. <laughs>
0: I um, start with kind of only because I watched the first mm-hmm. half. Um, I thought they actually played well, and bizarrely, I actually think they have started to turn a bit of a corner. Um, they kind of they played well. They were very resilient. Uh, looked at relative threat yes. going forward. Obviously, we're unlucky to end up losing the game. I still think they'll go down unfortunately <laughs> um, but I think they've got more of a chance than I did think they had about four weeks
1: ago mm-hmm.
0: um, the Swans
1: they were just run around yesterday
0: yeah they were, yeah. It, they were mugged off they? Um, just a little bit weak at the back and were 3-0 down before half time ended up losing 4-1 in the end
1: the Norwich are a good side
0: they are a very good team yeah they are a very yeah. good team and I've not I've not seen Norwich play but I've, I've read and heard a lot about Norwich um, and so I suppose there's no shape in inverted commas losing to, to a team like that mm-hmm. but I do worry to be losing 4-1 to a team like that when Swansea are still a good quality yeah. team quality themselves it's not uh, it's not great um,
1: I listened to the Wrexham game Did you? on my Calon on FM How How yesterday that? Frustrating game actually. It was fair. Fe- it was fairly even, and then Wrexham kind of just sort of ran out of steam, and Orient were good for the win in the end. I th- I think. I don't yeah. think you can really argue about it. But for such a- an important top of the table fixture, it was it was a frustrating game really. Um,
0: to be clear, they lost two 0 Two nil. Yeah. Two 0 Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was first v. third mm-hmm. uh, in, the- in the table. the only. Solace for Wrexham is that Salford only drew one-one. Oh, I missed that. So okay, that's good. Four, three so that's some that's some good. relative solace. Mm-hmm. For them. Um, and Newport <laughs> to round off this pit of misery. <laughs> uh, Newport lost as well two-nil. Um, they are frustratingly up and down. Aren't they? Um. Up to the point where it's almost bizarre. Yeah,
1: because you don't know what's coming around the corner with them. You, you genuinely. stick them on your accumulator <laughs> on <a> Saturday, <laughs> thinking, I, I reckon they will do the job for you. So,
0: um, yeah, uh, disappointing. I feel like, for them now, playoffs is...
1: Even that, I think you've got to have some consistency in your play. Yeah, And they're just so wayward. You feel like if they actually had a game where... They needed three points for one reason or another.
0: They're not going to get there. Not going to get there. Um, This has not been.
1: Do we talk about a couple of nice things? Yeah, let's. Yeah. Okay. So going back to UEFA, we have the draw that's come through for the women's under seventeens who have made the elite round. I saw that. Um, They are in a group with Belgium and Austria and Finland. And it's austria that are hosting um we're very much the kind of fourth seed yeah. in the group um belgium and austria both won their groups with three wins out of three um even the Finns got two wins um, we got through on a four point kind of third place thing are UEFA special. for special <laughs> um, so those games are in march um i mean it would be an amazing result if we if we it's only one qualifier per group yeah. through to the finals in bulgaria so it would be absolutely astounding if the um, if we got through that group but still to make the elite round it's just a real step forward oh, so. for that age group and I, I think congratulations to the to the squad absolutely. for that um, and on the men's side some interesting games up in north wales yeah. in the under 19s qualifiers for the elite round yeah. so we were playing Scotland and Sweden and San Marino lost in a late winner to Scotland yeah. um, in the first game and I think it would have been really hard uh, really easy for the lads to kind of That's lose strong. momentum at that point but they got a really good win against uh, the Swedes 1-1-2 a game I managed to watch via Facebook actually okay. cracking little game very entertaining um and then went on and beat san marino and it got very dicey because it was one of those situations where we need we needed a second goal we won two nil in the end but we needed that second goal so that what wasn't what was happening in the scotland sweden game kind of was less relevant um and they managed to get managed to get that goal right at the right at the end um do you remember a while ago now you wrote a blog about the um the Welsh teams that are in the English pyramid using the Welsh league system as a way for players yeah. well there's an there's an um an interesting lad um ben cabango who was who is playing in those under nineteens who's actually um on the books at swansea but at on loan at t n s doing exactly the Um, The pattern that you were advocating in that uh, um, in that blog, so that was that was quite interesting. Um, So their their draw is on the sixth, which is it is that the same day as the no second, all right. So their draw is on the sixth. So we'll see where they end up. Those games will be in May for a final in July. So, but well done. I think it was a good step forward for them. Absolutely. Um, And we go in actually. We're in Pot C in that particular draw. Right. So, never know. Never know. It's another, it's another situation where you've got to win that group though. Oh, to get through. To get through. It's only eight that make it to the finals. So that's that's hard. It's hard. But still, another step up. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Um, speaking of TNS and the Welsh League what a link <laughs> this is
1: was. actually my favourite thing of the entire weekend <laughs> <laughs> to be fair it wouldn't
0: be it's a, it's, a, it's a low bar this weekend to be fair. but well done to Cam Brian, and Clitter who in the Welsh Division 1 mm-hmm. uh, beat TNS after extra time in the semi-final 2-1
1: yep of the Nathaniel M.G. Cup which is the Welsh League Cup to you and me yeah it's not
0: a catchy name that one. <laughs> um, but yeah well done to them for getting through um, I think that was another game and a half. Well, it was literally, actually, because it went to extra time.
1: Um, But it, they, um, Cambrian and Kledek scored first in the first half of extra time, if I remember rightly. And and then TNS equalised, and I think it would have been another scenario. It was, oh, we had our chance. We've got, we've lost, you know, we've we've blown it. Um, And then Andre Griffiths, who'd come on as sub- got a i think i think it's fair to say a bit of a shanked yeah shanked goal <laughs> um but they all count yeah um and then they hung on and oh my god That's that must have been that must have been a night yeah yeah it must have been a I night down, there day, a few, uh, down in the veil <laughs> um,
0: but yeah what a fantastic result yeah. and you know you know as many people pointed out over the weekend TNS have basically owned that competition yeah. for the last few years. Yeah. So it's great, relatively speaking, I imagine TNS fans don't agree. No, no. It's great for, for, yeah. for, for something like that. And I, the whole season, in fact, has been interesting, the way it's been changing around at the top, mm-hmm. and TNS have not been in a, a no. decent run of form no. of late either. So.
1: And on that theme, the second semi-final was Connors Key Cardiff Met yesterday, right. Saturday, and obviously you'd expect um, Connors Key Nomads with the season that they've had uh, to be winning that, um, but they went down one nil to them. to Cardiff Mets well, There you go. So it's about as unexpected a final. <laughs> if you looked at the, the semi-finals. It about as unexpected, unexpected a final as you could uh, well, as you could go. imagine. That'll
0: be yeah. interesting. When's the final?
1: It's in January, but as far as I know, they haven't set a venue yet. Right,
0: okay. yeah. Well, yeah. we'll see if we can watch that one. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. That is a good way to add
1: Well, perhaps if you're not a TNS or Connors Key yeah, fan. I would imagine they've switched off. <laughs> but everyone loves a good up, cup yeah, upset. Up yes, totally
0: <laughs> um, Well, thank you very much for listening. I think we'll probably do uh, a short spot pod special after the, uh, the draw uh, for the Euros in a couple of weeks. And we're hoping then to do a few winter specials. So if anyone famous is listening to this and <laughs> wants to be interviewed by us, Please do get in touch, <laughs> Robert Earnshaw. I'm looking at you because I am you a message on Twitter. Never replied. That's so, if you listen, send a message back to me. Anyway, um, thank you very much for listening. You can follow us uh, on Twitter, Colman's underscore Dream, uh, and there's regular blogs and stuff going up um, on the WordPress site. Uh, the, one of the reasons I haven't meant we haven't talked about Gunter is that there's going to be a blog coming up about him. Uh, in, the next, uh, in the next couple of weeks about his career as, um, uh, for Wales and also the fact that he is now our all-time record cap... I was going to say scorer, is that it's the word? Cap holder? Holder. Getter, achiever. Winner. Anyway, he's done really Ernt. well. Um, so well done, Chris. <laughs> Congratulations for that. Uh, thank you for listening, everybody. We're going to be too. Bye. Good,
1: Good night.